When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. It is midday madness time. You call, you get on. That's the midday madness promise. And the number is one 300 736-736-1300-736-736. You call, you get on. And that line is brought to us by Werribee Kia, who've got their biggest ever EV sale on now at Werribee Kia. You can drop down and see the team. David, Janan, A, Jim, and the team at Werribee Kia. Heaps to get to on the show today. There's a few texts coming through uh, on Jared and I's discussion. Uh, so want to be sitting behind you guys at Gold Class. Cheers, Peter. Um, Jared and Pipe going on a movie date. Uh, cued the odd couple... Music and one here, this is getting uncomfortable. Yeah, it did get a little uncomfortable, but I, I do want to see poor things uh, at some stage, but whether I'll see it with Jared or not is, well, watch this space. But your calls on all things footy, there's a couple of things floating around. Well, we're going to do some other sport later, so we'll have a chat to Simon Hill about the world game. Looking forward to having a chat to Simon about a number of issues in the world game, including the thought that they're going to bring in blue cards for uh, Sinbin-style addition to the rules. We hear a lot of callers on this program say, leave the damn game alone. Soccer never changes its rules. Well, soccer might be about to change its rules. So we'll talk to him about a few things, including the blue card. And we'll have a chat to Alicia Froling a little bit later on. So plenty to get to on the program later, but your call straight off the top. I wouldn't mind knowing, I heard Nathan Buckley earlier today, I'm going to give you my top 20 players I can't wait to call in 2024, so we'll do that a little bit later on in the program. My top 20 players to call right now going to the footy, given that uh, I heard Tim uh, have a chat with Gary earlier today about their favourite players. I'll give you my top 20, but that's after 1 o'clock. Right now, I wouldn't mind playing a little bit of what Nathan Buckley had to say today. I think modern football is going to hear this word thrown up over and over and over again, quick ball movement, one-on-ones forward and quick ball movement. I've been talking about it a lot on this program in the last couple of weeks. We're hearing it from a lot of guys. Lockie Ash was a man that articulated it beautifully on this program, talking about the way the Giants want to play. They're just going to get it and go and kick it to the best one-on-one. So they're going to back Toby Green in in his one-on-one. They're going to back Jesse Hogan in in his one-on-one. They're not going to worry about what's ahead of the ball. Once they've got it in their hands, the good decision-makers are going to back themselves in. What do you want to see out of your team this preseason? The trial games have started. The practice matches have started. We saw one 
on Saturday. Uh, sorry, Sunday. We've got North Melbourne and Collingwood playing tomorrow. It's a 10 o'clock game. Jared's broadcasting his show live from there. We've got Sydney and the Giants who are going to live stream their game on Thursday. Carlton and Geelong, their game's on Thursday as well. And we will be there live. So we'll be doing this show live from Icon Park Thursday whilst that's ga- that game's going on. Uh, Brisbane and the Gold Coast play Thursday night in a live-streamed game. We're going to also be at the Witten Oval Bulldogs and Hawthorne Friday. St Kilda and Essendon Friday afternoon game. After that one's done at the Witten Oval, Port Adelaide and Adelaide Friday night, and then the West Coast and Fremantle Saturday night. What do you want to see out of your team is the big question. And is Nathan Buckley right? He threw up a bit of a question mark about Brisbane and the way they've reacted to their grand final loss. And he also threw up a little curveball about St Kilda and how they'll play under Ross Lyon. Uh, here's firstly Nathan Buckley on the trends of the game that he's expecting to see, and he's the same as me. I think we're going to see a lot of forward one-on-ones this year because the kicks are going to go into an unset defence. No one's going to take their time getting it in anymore and let the defence set up. Here's Bucks on the trend we expect this year. I think modern football, you need to make defences accountable. If you, if you leave them to get an extra and intercept mark, you're going to be left behind. So forwards are going to hold more. You're going to try and get more even-numbered contests in front of the ball, and you're going to be prepared to move the ball into those even-numbered contests more often. You've still got to be great in the contest. That's a basic. Uh, you need defenders who are strong aerially, and not only now do they need to be strong aerially in in their own, like with a plus one, but they need to be strong aerially in even-numbered contests, and they need to be able to win their own ball on the ground. So you need to encourage that. And one thing that's always been true is you need to do the basics better than the opposition. When you know, more people win their position more often and do the basics better than your opposition, you're going to win a lot of games of footy. So that's the way I see it. I don't think it's changed that much. Footy, the basics of footy doesn't change that much, but the nuances might only be 5 or 10%, but they're huge. So that was Nathan Buckley on the trend this year, and I'm expecting exactly the same, but... It was interesting to hear him toss this up about the Saints. Will Ross Lyon try and buck the trend? Will he be the defensive guy? Because not everyone's probably going to be able to play quick. Here's Bucks on what he might see from St Kilda and Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon and St Kilda are going to be a fascinating um, case study in that regard because we see Ross as a dour defensive coach. And he will, philosophically, I can't see him changing that. He will always want to build his team defence, and St Kilda struggled with their team defence. They had players behind the ball that that probably didn't communicate as well. I thought Howard probably wasn't quite as strong and, and struggled in that area, and I thought he was exposed at times. But you don't want – you keep like, I mean, Zach Dawson way back when, I there was something about him that Ross loved that he was able to like, – and it was probably his closing speed to be able to – you know, when, he, when the, when the de- front line of defence and the mid line of defence had failed, Zach Dawson had a way of getting across and just getting a fist in to be able to reset. So I, I think Ross is still working on his key backs and, and, and how they are going to communicate to the guys in front of them to set up the way they want to defend. And, I, I, and they still had some work to do there, and you don't change that in one pre-season. Um, but they, they have a – I mean, I look at Henry – Wanganeen, Miller, Hill, Sinclair, like they—they they could be the most dynamic team off the back. And and I've and, and he has spoken about that about wanting to move the ball fast and wanting to um, challenge opposition defences. So St Kilda are going to be an interesting study between 
the, ph- the philosophy of the coach and the way the game's going. Ross is going to need to potentially, he's going to work out, am I going to hold my forwards forward more? Because traditionally he's been an empty out the forward line and get all the way back to support our defence in our back half. But to expect your forwards to do that and then get all the way forward and and um, and even up their numbers when they get in the forward line, it's nearly impossible to do. Something's got to give. That was Bucks on Ross Lyon and St Kilda. So what are we expecting from St Kilda? If the 2024 trend is going to be attack quick, kick big scores, that's the 2024 trend. Does Ross Lyon go against that? Or does he flip his mentality from what he's coached like in previous seasons with previous teams and actually change the way we look at St Kilda? The last thing, I know Tim in Brighton's on the line, and we'll go to your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. What do you want to see from your team across this week of trial game footy and in the preseason, given we're going to get a look at all the teams across the next seven days. Uh, I want to play you what Buck said about Brisbane and whether Chris Fagan's been too nice after the grand final. His positive education and accepting of grand final mistakes. He said that there's going to be no repercussions here. Put your hand up if you think you should have done better. No repercussions. Well, at some stage... When you keep making the same mistake, there has to be a repercussion. Now, the repercussions at Adelaide were way over the top when they lost the grand final. They won on the camp, and we know what happened there. They, over, they, they overdid it. But Bucks wants to know what the repercussions and what the changes is going to be with the Brisbane Lions before I head to your calls. Have a listen to this. I look at Fags and I, I get two feelings about that. One is I love it. I love the positivity, owning it, fronting up to it, having those honest conversations, exposing the players to the reality of what has just happened. Um, and it's and it's really close to, you know, that disappointment is still ever present. Like it, it lingers, it, it lasts. It's, it's not going to be gone now. But um, – and then to be talking about the big picture and we've learned from this, like that's a really positive way to spin a disappointment. Um, and really they only lost it in the last five minutes as, as suggested. The other part of me goes, well, what is, what is going to make that? It, it's not just incremental improvement. Is it, what is going to be the shift, the dog hungry attitude that is going to go from where they were to where they want to be? And that might not be incremental growth and it might not be, you know, taking the steps and learning the lessons because you don't always get what you want going down that path. But so there's two ways to look at it. Is it, okay, that's the, that's the big picture. We're always going to learn something from this. The other one is, hey, in that moment, we need more from you there. Like, like so it's, it's philosophically very different, but Fags has always been that way. He has to be true to himself. And he's been able to develop this Brisbane list to you know, where they are now. And they have improved their finals performances in the last two years. They've, they hadn't won a final forever and then they win one when they've played poor football going into the finals in 22. And then they perform really well through 23 to the point of being up with five minutes on the clock. So um, once again, we'll see how the players respond. But they're, they're stacked. Brisbane's list yeah. is stacked. But that doesn't guarantee anything. You've still got to go and do the work and get it done. Nathan Buckley on the line. So your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Midday matters for work, like a Karen Downs and Packing and work wherefore, wherever you work. Has Chris Fagan's idea of being nice gone a bit too much in the nice direction in comparison to what has happened in previous years 
when teams have had to look at their mistakes, own them, and get barrelled for them. Tim in Brighton, we're starting with you. What do you want to see out of your team out of the pre-season? Welcome to you, Tim. Good, good afternoon, Dwayne. Thanks for taking my call. Look, I, in regards to St Kilda, I think um, Ross is... Um, he, he's, uh, the basis of his formula is always a dour defence. And, and I think St Kilda has a pretty good back line. I understand Dougal Howard didn't have the best of seasons last year, but let's see how he goes this year. But I think St Kilda's pretty good in the back line. I think Ross is going to go more pace this year, I, I, with the addition of Liam Henry, you've got Wanganeen, Malera, you've got Liam Henry, uh, and you've got Brad Hill, who are all elite runners. And I just think, and by the way, they had a, a match simulation um, a couple of days ago at Moorabbin, and Henry and Wanganeen, Malera just were electric, and, and Max King was, um, I think he uh, might have booted a couple of goals. But to finish off, I want to see with um, St Kilda is uh, their delivery into the forward line. I want to see when they've got the ball and they're delivering into the forward line, that they deliver it, you know, cleanly and, and you know, like Winmar did to lock it and, you know, just was great touch and, and, and delivering it to people like uh, Kamamidi and, and King and, and uh, um, uh, you know, Philippou and who might be in the forward line and, and, and Mitch Owens and, and so on. So I, I, that's what I really want to see with St Kilda this season. I want to see good delivery into the forward line and giving these, these, you know, we've got some good forwards outside of King. I just want to see them start delivering. We'd all like to see a few of them start delivering, including Max King. I agree with you 100% on that. Going to take a break. Back to your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A Signet Boost Power Bank of two to give away as prizes today in the opening hour of the program. We've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a car down at clubmandalay.com.au to give away Brick Lane dining experiences as well for Midday Madness. So jump on the line. I'm going to take your calls for Midday Madness. A couple of texts on the way to the break. Uh, like Buckley is the man to talk. Uh, well, Bucks is great. I love Bucks. And there's a few coming through saying exactly the opposite. Love it when Bucks talks about footy. Susan on that text. I love your text about how good Bucks has been for us, and I love him as well. Another one here. Absolutely agree with Bucks. Most teams will be trying to move the ball quick, but the turnover will become more dangerous, and the teams who aren't able to set up a team defence and that can't handle the rebound off a turnover will really struggle this year. So maybe Ross Lyon, maybe teams are going to play into Ross Lyon's hands. And another one here from what I've seen of St Kilda's pre-season. Ball movement has been fast, sharp, looking inside first, with forwards ahead of the ball. So maybe they are going to move the ball faster, given they have recruited for it. And one here from Jim. Ross has said all along that he wants speed. We have traded for it, and we've drafted heavily for it this year. We're going to go quick. We've got a good forward line, and we can isolate them one-on-one. And that is the issue. They have traded for speed, St Kilda, so maybe they are going to change their style. Collingwood recruited for a flag last year. They target recruited the right guys to fill the holes that cost them a chance to win a flag the year before when they didn't make the grand final. And St Kilda and Port Adelaide, for that matter, finished third at the end of the home and away season last year, Port Adelaide, but didn't make the grand final. They were two key forwards and a ruck short of being competitive in the finals last year. So what have they done? Target recruited as well and gone and got two key defenders and a a gun ruck. 
And another here on the text. People forget Ross didn't have a forward line last year. Now the key forwards are fit. Expect the ball movement to be fast and flowing. What do you want to say out of your team in 2024? More of your calls next on 1300 736 736. You with Dwayne's Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great back to your calls. What do you want to see out of your team, given all the practice matches are going to be played across the next week? North Melbourne, Collingwood tomorrow, starting 10 o'clock. Jared Waitley's program coming live from there. I'm live from Carlton Geelong on Thursday at Icon Park and this show live from the Bulldogs and Hawthorne on Friday, so looking forward to being there at the Witten Oval. But you're going to see your team, if you want to watch the live stream and watch it on KO across the next week, given they did start on Sunday with Richmond and Melbourne. What do you want to see of your team across the pre-season comp? Back to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Lindsay in Somerville, welcome to you, Lindsay. Thanks, Dwayne. Um, Brisbane line supporter, I heard Bucks' comments, and fair enough, but I'll back um, Fagan's method, because look, at the end of the day, mate, it's just a matter of moments. I mean, Lockie Neal should have got that free kick at the death knell. Could have won. Um, I mean, that's not a player error. That was an umpire error. And then you look at the situation with GWS and Collingwood. A point the difference. As Bucks put the rubber, the green didn't go GWS's way. You can make an argument. Collingwood was lucky to make the grand final. So it's just moments. I would, I would back Fagan's method in and we'll sit back and see what happens. Yeah, so positive, positive, positive because of the closeness of the final as opposed to Adelaide getting smashed and they went the extreme opposite and went on the camp after their grand final loss because they were demolished so badly. So it depends on the way you lose as to how you attack it. So you're backing Faze in to have pulled the right lever here and gone all positive and talked about the fact that, well, it's not shouldn't have won it, but they could easily have won it. Look, I think so, mate. I mean, um, Jared Berry had a had a moment. He needs to understand that, not giving that 50 away. Uh, apart from that, um, Brisbane could have easily won that match. As I say, if Lockie mm. Neal had got that kick, um, he was, what, 55 metres out, could have lobbed into yeah. the goal square. Who knows, you know? And then, and then they're heroes. So, yeah, let's not get too excited. I'll back Fags in. He's brought us from the bottom of the ladder to a near miss in a grand final. I'll back him in. Yeah, it's a fair call, and I'm agreeing with you on it. Is the the issue, I suppose, if if Jared Berry dares give away another fifty uh, next year, do you think? Well, I should have barred him for it for doing it last year. But you do got to you do have to back your guys in to have learnt their lesson without being smashed verbally to learn learn their lesson. You have to back the kids in sometimes, or the the players in, and uh, they're a lot younger than Chris Fagan, but he's backing them in. Great to have you call, Lindsay. You've got a heap of stuff to give away here in Stoneville, so I better start giving some stuff away. You've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart down at Club Mandalay. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Still got some Brick Lane dining experiences to give away and some Signet Boost Power Banks valued at $44.95. Heaps of other teams to talk about as well. One of them that has been talked about a lot is the Western Bulldogs. What are we going to see out of the Western Bulldogs? Are we going to see a unified Western Bulldogs? Is there tension between Luke Beveridge and Chris Grant? Well, Amit Baines was on with Jared Whateley earlier today and he admitted there was tension last year, overblown, maybe by some people in the press, but there was tension last year between Luke and Chris. So what are you expecting Bulldog fans out of your dogs. I'll play what Amit said 
earlier today shortly um, because I've got a couple of calls on the line I want to get to first. But the, the interesting part to me is, even though Amit's told us there's no friction now, well, no one's lost a game yet. It's the issue when we start losing games that might be the, the key. Johnny Pascoe Vale, though, you've got a thought on the Chris Fagan approach? Yeah, Dwayne, there's a couple of things that I wanted to call out. I'm, I'm a bit surprised by Nathan Buckley. It would appear as though his exacting standards continue after his stint at Collingwood. I also think that you have to have a multifaceted approach. You can't just be one way. I'm sure that Chris Fagan would have certain players that he has been really harsh on, perhaps behind closed doors, but he has to know his group and expect that his approach will get the best results because you may have some people in his group that are, we might say, a bit more conservative or perhaps lacking a bit of confidence after the results. So if he goes too hard, it can all go bad, but there'll be certain players that he really has to have a go at as well. John, great to have your call. Uh, in Pasco Vale, we've got something for you as well. A signet booth power bank valued at forty four ninety five coming your way. Need to get a break in, but I want to take as many calls as possible on this. Midday matters for work locker carrying downs and packing and workwear for wherever you work. Before the break for news, here's a meet Baines asked whether there is tension between Luke Beveridge and Chris Grant, and a meet telling the world, well, there was last year, but there's not right now, given that no one's lost a game. Is there a tension between the two of them? Uh, there has been, um, you know, in in many quarters, I think, just generally within the department, going back to the previous question about that uncertainty. But, um, you know, I was on record um, a couple of weeks ago dismissing some of the suggestions about there being um, a blow up and an unworkable um, uh, breakdown and, and things like that. I think that's grossly exaggerated. And to the extent that um, you know, some of these tensions existed within our football program even more broadly. Um, it's fair to say that um, that was last year and coming back into the new year, and I know we'll talk about um, the season to come, it's been incredibly positive. Um, I had the the privilege of being on our training camp up in Malulabar for eight or nine days, and um, I saw a really different program in terms of just the excitement, the energy, the enthusiasm, and um, I think the process that we've gone through, um, albeit it has been quite um, protracted and, and has involved two stages has actually allowed um, for a lot of the people who have been at our club to, to almost have a cathartic experience. I think talking about it and, and getting things off their chest with a view to then seeing what changes come from that um, and they're just really looking forward and, and having confidence in, in each and every one around them. Amit Baines on his dogs. He's the boss. He's seen it. Your thoughts on that? That was last year, the tension. It's all rosy now. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. Jump on, we'll give away that Brick Lane dining experience. It's Midday Madness for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packing and Workwear for wherever you work. Lots of text coming through. I'll read your text, but you call, you get on. Rather have a chat to you. It's Talkback Radio, so jump on that open line and we'll come back to you after news. Great back to your calls. Midday Madness, Carl in Bowen Heads. Uh, you want to talk to the Saints as well, Carl? Welcome to you. G'day, Pipe. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good. Just wanted to... I know the Saints, we've, we've recruited um, our um, lead with obviously Henry and Dow, but I'm just worried. I still think we're slow, as in in the guts, with uh, the likes of Jack Steele and Brad Crouch. So I think we're really going to need to rely on their um, disposal efficiency. And I don't know what you think, but Brad Crouch, although he's a ball magnet, he butchers it. What do you think? Well, slowness doesn't help you, Carl, because you're under pressure with your kick. If you haven't got a good first one-two-step speed 
that you know a player like Dangerfield has always possessed, the power in the first two steps to get free of the tackling guy. So if you haven't got that first two-step power, then the tackling guy puts pressure on your kick and your kick ends up being a wobbly poor disposal that doesn't hit its target. So it's a, it's, it's a snowball effect. Slow guy in the midfield for the clearance, wins the clearance, turns it over, they go back the other way and they score on you on the rebound. So the, the last thing you probably want is your slow guy winning a clearance and getting a kick under tackle pressure. Yeah, exactly, and I couldn't agree with you more. And just if I can digress a touch, why is it in our practice games at the moment we are calling our quarters periods? I don't understand. How long is it going to be before we start saying, uh, you know, the Saints have made the semi-finals? Yeah, Carl, I think it's the default position of people who want to be um, grammatically correct when games are seven periods long, not calling them seven quarters. But I think in a football context, you can just say it. I mean, seven quarters, everybody knows what that means. Carl, if, you, if you're coming from Mars and you've never seen football before and you hear someone say seven quarters, you're probably thinking, what an idiot. You can't have seven quarters. But in fact, it's an AFL term that we all understand that we should probably just stick with, Carl, because people understand it more than seven periods, don't they? That's why you've got this slot. Fantastic, Dwayne. I'm going for a beer. It's a beautiful day. <laughs> Good on you, Carl. I might crack one myself at one minute past three. Drink responsibly, of course. Thanks for your call. Uh, Ahmed in Point Cook. Hello, Ahmed. Good afternoon, Dwayne. Um, hope you are well. So um, I have a thoughts on Taryn Thomas's behaviour. Um, since North Melbourne um, has been giving too many chances chances on Taron and should he be sacked by the end of the season? Well, let's just wait to see what the penalty is when it's handed down today. So I won't get ahead of it. Um, You know, we can, I think Nathan Buckley used the words today where there's smoke, there's probably fire and I'm the same. But as a broadcaster, I can only see the smoke. I can't tell you the reality of the fire. So let's find out what those that have been investigating the fire come up with. Today, the AFL has been investigating the fire. Let's see what penalty they come up with, having looked at the fire in detail, rather than me go off uh, off the basis of the smoke that I can see. So, um, yeah, let's let it play out, and then we'll work it out from there. Uh, is his career in jeopardy? Well, given the tweet yesterday suggesting uh, an 18-week suspension might be coming his way by Tom Morris, then obviously it is. Um, but uh, we might get that handed down in the next half an hour or hour. And if it does get handed down, Sammy Edmund will join us. He's joining us after two anyway, Sammy Edmund, with all the latest news. So we'll get the latest on that straight after the two o'clock news. A break. Back to your calls. one 736 736 as Midday Madness continues. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Go back to your calls, Liam in Mornington. Thanks, Liam. Welcome to you. G'day, Dwayne. How are you going? Good. That's the way. Um, look, I just wanted to talk about the Dockers and, and what I'd like to see in 2024. Um, I think there's... I just want to see a bit more of um, a, a sort of a conviction in, in game style. I feel like with Justin Longmuir, as soon as the pressure went on him, uh, we were getting too heavily scored against. He sort of went back into all-out defence, and then it really hurt our attack, and then vice versa. 
when we'd stream forward and try and kick goals, it would really hurt us the other way if we couldn't deliver inside 50, which we didn't do a lot of the time. Um, and it just made it really hard. And um, I, I feel like the writing's on the wall for, for JL this year. Yeah, the writing is on the wall. Uh, and he did change his style halfway through last year, at least, when the pressure to make your brand of footy a little bit more attacking and a little bit more like the modern quick game. So there was pressure on him there. But the interesting part in comparison to Fremantle and, say, Hawthorne, Liam, is Sam Mitchell has the job security to play a style of game that might end up in being a lot of turnovers and an eight-goal loss. But he knows he's got his job sorted. He needs to continue to teach his players to, to play a game style that once they get it right, and once they get better personnel, they'll be able to play it to maybe win a flag with. So that's the thinking behind having that job security and what Sam Mitchell was doing last year. Whereas, what does Justin Longmuir do, Liam? If he's playing, if you play a defensive style and you lose, no one's going to tolerate that at all. You can play a defensive style and win. Everyone's going to be okay with that. All right, he's doing something different and we're winning games. But you're better off being attacking and losing than being defensive and losing, aren't you, Liam? Yeah, no, I agree. I just, I just worry greatly about maybe the development that's going on because, you know, going inside 50 last year, it was, it was diabolical. And I know Luke Jackson's not a natural forward and Sean Darcy's not a natural forward. Uh, but I just worry that, um, you know, if we don't see that step up in skill level um, from our midfielders to our forwards, that connection level, that it, um, it could mean just jails out the door, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that we know that Jai Amos has got a big future. I like to look at Luke Jackson last week. Now, it was only an internal trial, and I watched it on... Uh, my laptop, so I didn't see all of it. But Luke Jackson looked great, playing as a forward. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a Luke Jackson fan, Liam. I think he can go one step further this year. I think he can he can be that All-Australian squad of 40 player at the end of the year and maybe threaten the All-Australian squad if he gets it right. And it's a different world for Fremantle if Luke Jackson becomes a key forward. I mean, Nat Fife's one of those slower players in the midfield as well. And there's been a couple on the text here pulling me up over the thought that slower players in the midfield, have pressure on their kick and cause turnovers. And you can't have slower players in your midfield these days. Um, I know there's a couple of examples that you've thrown up here on the text. No name next to this text. Greg Williams, Sam Mitchell, Simon Black, Trent Cotchin, Daniel Kerr were hardly speedsters. Maybe it was their premiership Brownlow medals weighing them down. Yeah, I get your sarcasm. But think about shutting down Greg Williams and Sam Mitchell if you're a tagger. You don't know which way he's going to go. If you're a two-sided player, you can have a bit more latitude to be slow because you're two-sided by hand and foot. No one knows which side to play on you. No one knows whether to, whether to play in front, behind, which way to push you. So Greg Williams and Sam Mitchell, their two-sidedness weighed in their favour. And that's a hell of a lot different to a lot of players in the modern game who have only got one side to use and everyone who knows which way they want to go. But, yeah, fair enough. Uh, keep your text coming through. 0433981116 on the 40 Winks and Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R text. Liam in Mornington, love your call. Good to hear a little bit of Fremantle in the house. Ben in Albert, welcome to you, Ben. You want to talk opening ground? How's it going, Dwayne? Yeah, good. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, if a team such as Richmond, who have their uh, buy in round six and a bit later in the season, is it a bit unfair that they have two mid-season buys that can go towards player recovery and have a look at the ins and outs of how their start of the season's gone compared to, say, Fremantle that don't get to use, I guess, the the, um, the buy to, to have a look at player recovery or have a look at how their season's going 
because they have to use it in the opening round and then only get one mid-season buy? Yes, I reckon is my answer. I think I would rather have my buys in the season split than have one at the start of the year where uh, you, haven't really, you haven't even started yet. So I'm agreeing with you on that. The other beauty that Richmond has is that they play in round one, a team that's also played in opening round. So you're not having the advantage or disadvantage of being a team that has just played, coming off a six-day break, and second up, it's often a lot harder. Although there is that train of thought that at least you're better off having played a game and you'll have the rust knocked out of you and you'll be better off having played a game, playing a team that hasn't played a game yet, which does happen in round one of the season. But to answer your question, Ben, I'd rather have my buyers split. And I think most people would, wouldn't they? Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely think so. And I think, uh, I guess for most, most teams, it's not as big if they have their buy in, in round one or two. But yeah. something like round six, I think those those buyers can maybe lead to, you know, a couple a couple of close wins over the course of the season. I think I think the discrepancy might be just a little bit too big. Um, I've just never heard it being talked about before, so I thought I'd call no, it I'm, No, I'm glad you raised it, Ben, and I appreciate your call on it. Uh, great to have you call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to join us for Midday Madness. Uh, yeah, one here, Dwayne. Uh, Geelong were not in your top eight. Last year they had bad injuries to key players. Can you tell me why you do not think you will bounce back to be a possible fifth to eighth team? They still have lots of good players and a few guns. Love your Midday Madness show. Go Cats. Um, Lynn, uh, I appreciate your text, Lynn. You can't fit them all in. That's the bottom line. And I couldn't... Well, I've left the Saints out and I've put the Bulldogs in. That's the one change I've got to the eight last year. Um, yeah, I think the proof will be in, in the pudding. And people hate it when I say that on the text. The proof is in the eating of the pudding. I get that. But if uh, I'm going to judge the pudding on looks, um, then uh, before I eat it, then the proof will be in the pudding I see in the window before I buy it. Um, keep your text coming. If only Brisbane did this, if only the umpires did that. Collingwood played a stronger game. If Collingwood didn't kick 18 behinds and kick a goal... It wouldn't have been close. There's been a few of those texts coming through as well. Um, listening to most of the Saints supporters this off-season, they're extremely optimistic and are offended when anyone suggests they might slide down the ladder this season. So in saying that, if they don't make finals this year, it must be a failure in the eyes of their supporters. Uh, thank you for that. Exact pipe, you can't have seven quarters, Scott. Well, in the context of AFL football, I think you can, and I think it's grammatically correct in the context of AFL talk. Um, Saints backline is a worry. Uh, thanks for that. Um, we will revert to four quarters in the community series. Yes, we will be reverting to four quarters in the community series. Um, hi, Dwayne. If Collingwood nearly lost it... Oh, sorry. I felt Collingwood nearly lost it rather than Brisbane nearly winning it. Collingwood had way more wasted score chances on the day. They are errors too. Keep your text coming. Keep your calls coming. Um, quite a few on this. Brisbane shoulda, coulda, woulda, but didn't. Shane from Berwick. Back to your calls after the break. You at Dwayne's World. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Wayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. There are lots of texts coming through on the 40 Wings Tampa text as well. 0433-981116. One here just clarifying that it is grammatically correct to say seven quarters 
And I'll explain the concept with this text. If you play seven quarters, you've played a full game and three extra quarters. It's perfectly correct to use that term. Thank you. So I'm going to keep using it. Another one here. Dwayne, get two oranges, cut both of them into quarters, eat one. What have you got left? Seven quarters. Martin in Carlton. Thank you, Martin. I will be using seven quarters across the next couple of weeks. So on one here, uh, Sam Mitchell played in his own slow-mo matrix. He would actually take a step back and then take 10 minutes to decide who to hit on the chest. Martin in non-pen. Yeah, the, the players with Sam Mitchell's level of skill are exclusions to any rule about being slow. But again, the two-sidedness is what he and Greg Williams had in their favour. Uh, one here, hi, Dwayne. Greg Williams used to bring half of the teammates into the game with his creative, magnificent handball. Cheers, Dean. And that is by... Being great by hand or foot, both feet, at both hands, then you're absolutely spot on. And one here, one of the slowest players in the game is still untouchable, Scott Pendlebury. And I agree with that, absolutely. It's just that we were talking about Brad Crouch. Can he be slow with his poor disposal and be a clearance guy? Uh, Brad Crouch isn't in Scott Pendlebury's... Well, he's in his league, but he's, he's not in the Pendlebury level. Uh, Andrew Nidri, thanks for holding. Andrew, welcome to you. Uh, Glade, uh, good afternoon, Dwayne. Dwayne, I know this might be uh, a little bit too much, but for us, uh, controlled aggression. Uh, we need to become a tougher side um, within the rules, but we're being deemed to be soft for a number of years. Uh, consistency of performance, so no more being a yo-yo club. We've been too many years of being up and down. Um, and growth within the group. And the final one... Um, being a contender. They're my wish list, um, and it might be, um, some of that might be achievable, but um, let's see. Got to have a wish list, Andrew, at this time of year. I agree with you 100%. Uh, no one's lost a game yet, and Essendon has as good a chance as, I would say, eight or nine teams that are outside of the top four chances this year. I mean, the obvious premiership chances are, well, you've got to have, say, Brisbane, Collingwood, because they're the champions anyway. Brisbane because they were so close in the grand final. Sydney's on the rise, I still think. And I think Port Adelaide, when you think of the fact that Collingwood target recruited to win last year's flag, they went and got the players to fill the holes that they needed. And again, Port Adelaide finished third at the end of the home and away season last year, got blown away in the finals because they didn't have a ruck and didn't have two key position backs they needed. So they went and recruited for both of those. Great to have you call, Andrew. Always good to have you calls for Midday Madness. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Dwayne, make it universal with all the commentators for pre-season quarters. Uh, well, I can't tell other people how to commentate, and uh, they'll do it as they do it, and I'll do it as I do it, and we'll just meet at the end of the road. Hi, Dwayne. You completely lost me with that pudding analogy. Would you please go through that again more swiftly this time and then explain it for the listeners what the hell it is to do with football? Chris in Templestown, another one here. Hi, Dwayne. Love the pudding analogy. Well, quite often we talk about the fact that we wait and see what happens in the season, whether they win the flag with this method or not. So the proof will be in the pudding. And people correct me on the text saying the proof isn't in the pudding, it's in the eating. When it comes to buying a piece of pudding or buying a slice of cake on the shelf, uh, it's, uh, it, the proof is in the pudding you see uh, before you even eat it as to whether you buy it and eat it. So that's my analogy there. Dwayne, if the Bulldogs don't make the top four, I would like to see Chris Grant, Luke Beveridge, Luke Darcy, Amit Baines and Watson Wheeler resign. Hopefully David Smorgan can return. There you go. That's from John from the Dogs. So a bit of pressure there. Uh, Curtin Montrose, I know you want to talk NBL. Straight after the break, I'm going to bring you my top 20 players. I can't wait to call 
in 2024. So, Kurt, rather than get you on now with a minute to talk, we'll get you on straight out of the 1 o'clock news, if you don't mind holding. I'm happy to talk some NBL with you. Um, Pipe and Carl for joint PMs. That's from Hamdog in Torquay. And, hey, Dwayne, at what point do you think Sam Mitchell will be under pressure? Three and ten, question marks. Pat, I don't think he'll be under pressure. He can have another failed season, Sam. He keeps that job and is under no pressure whatsoever. I think in 2025, he's under pressure to get that team into the eight. Back with more of your calls and your texts for more Midday Madness straight after the one o'clock news. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Another big hour of Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And Curtin Montrose has called. So he's on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. if you'd like to jump on that open line, which is brought to us by Werribee Kia. The biggest ever EV sale is on now at Werribee Kia. Kurt, welcome to you. Yeah, good afternoon, Dwayne. Firstly, uh, I love everyone's optimism about their team before the uh, start of the AFL, but that's not why I called. I wanted to call about uh, the NBL and just say what a magnificent season it's been and that we're coming now into the business end of the season, I guess. Uh, firstly, congratulations to Bryce Cotton on another performance. I think that's his fourth most valuable. But I wanted to talk Jack Jumpers as, as a fan and a, and a financial member of the Jack Jumpers. I thought they were a little bit unlucky, especially... Um, uh, the guard, uh, what's his name, the uh, Crawford. Um, I thought he might have been right up there as well. Um, and do you think, given their run and success of late, that the Jack Jumpers would nearly go in as favourites and have the wheels maybe fallen off a little bit off the Perth Wildcats? Um, well, I think Perth and Melbourne United both knew that they were pretty much going to play the, in the finals in the position they were in uh, fairly early. The Jack Jumpers had to scramble to get ahead of those teams that were threatening to take their spot, Kurt. So the pressure was on them. But look, in saying that, um, the Jack Jumpers did beat the Wildcats. And the Jack Jumpers are one of those teams that are so well coached, Kurt. They tend to deliver almost above the expectation sometimes. It's just that they're going to be forced to play so many away games and the deciding games of their series might end up being away. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate actually, because it would have been great for, for Hobart to mm. have a, a couple of finals down there. Um, but also too, I mean, you get Will Magnate firing in the centre. I mean, he's going to be pretty unstoppable. Hopefully, he can stay fit and you know, touch wood. They've had a good run with injuries, so again, um, you know, fingers crossed for the Jack Jumpers. And I just love to say how the states em- embrace them down there. I think that's been fantastic. Uh, again, for the NBL as well. I mean, it's it's sort of flown under the radar a little bit over these last few weeks, I believe. You know, the big bash finish, I think it was better than the big mm. bash this year. That was hit and miss. You know, the NBL needs to be really pumped, I reckon, for what's going to be a great final series. Agree with you on all of that, Kurt. Great to have you called, by the way, and I appreciate you jumping on. Hold the line. We've got a Dwayne's World t-shirt coming your way uh, for, for holding across the news and for talking a little bit of NBL. I can't wait. Well, I was at the game. About a week ago, Melbourne United, and I'll be going to the playoffs as well. Uh, it's the kind of thing that you kind of... It's interesting, when you don't broadcast a sport, I don't broadcast the NBL anymore, broadcast it for, what, seven-odd years, uh, a couple of games a weekend, and absolutely loved it. And you find out how much you love a sport when you're not paid to go, and you just go anyway. 
And uh, that's certainly the case with the NBL. Love going still, even though I'm not paid to go and call it anymore. one three hundred seven three sixty open line number if you'd like to join me. So I've done a list of my top 20 guys that I love to call and that I'm looking forward to calling in 2024. If, you've got a, if you want to jump on the line, one here on the text already, uh, Shea Bolton, is he number one? Well, let me run you through my top 20. I'll try not to be too long with it, but um, I'll run you through it. Toby Green's number one. Makes things happen every time he's near it, uh, on the ground, at stoppage, in the air. He flies for big marks. He kicks amazing goals. He's a triple threat, and he's got an aura. So Toby Green is still my number one. Charlie Kernow, number two. I'm a big Charlie Kernow fan, so maybe I'm a little biased. I love the guy. Uh, there's an aura about Charlie Kernow as well. The air of anticipation when he's near the ball and almost always the big crowd to give him that backing track. Backing track to everything he does, Charlie Kernow with a Carlton home game. And he's always a threat to go crazy and win a game and kick three or four quickly. So you go to a game with Charlie Kernow involved and you think, what's Charlie going to do today? He could kick 10, he could take a big mark, but the crowd's going to be really going crazy. And I love a player that whips the crowd into a frenzy like Charlie Kernow does with Carlton. Charlie Cameron's number three. Uh, Again, threat in the air, threat on the ground, running at the pack or getting the ball over the back in space. He can beat you in so many ways and give you a highlight in so many ways, Charlie Cameron. So he's box office, big marks, great goals, and he's a threat to win both mark of the year and goal of the year every game he plays. So Charlie Cameron at three. Four, Joe Danaher. Brisbane, two players in the top four. You can't take your eyes off Joe Danaher. High flyer, long goals, and big bloopers to go with it as the package. You go to games thinking, which Joe's going to be there today? But good Joe or bad Joe, it's still a great Joe to call. So the other thing about Joe that I love, he does it in such a nice, kind spirit. Your heart breaks with him when his heart breaks. So Joe is number four for me. Nick Dacos is five. He's as good as we've seen as a midfielder. Forward, back, playmaker. He's Pendlebury, plus he kicks a free goal or two these days. So Nick Dacos at five. Love Nick Dacos. Shea Bolton I do have in my top ten. I got him at six. He's taken over, I think, as Richmond's number one for me and probably will this year. Uh, it's line ball. I've got, it's been dusty for a decade, but I'm going to games this year that Richmond are involved in thinking it might be Shea that does the freak stuff in the air and goals more than Dusty. But Dusty, he's still in my, on my list. Uh, he's still in the top 20. Jeremy Cameron at seven. I'm a fan, always have been. Athlete who makes things happen. Marks, clearances, goals. Match winner. You feel when Jez is out there, three or four goal margins down Geelong, game's never over. And you need those guys as a caller to hang your call on sometimes because it is true. Games Jeremy Cameron plays in are never over because he can break you in three or four minutes of greatness, Jeremy Cameron. So love the Jeremy Cameron style of guy. Isaac Rankin at eight. Every time he's near the ball, he's a threat. His next touch could be the highlight of the year. Mark or a goal. Isaac's at eight. Cosy Pickett at nine, likewise. Every time he's near the ball, there's a threat. His next touch is the highlight of the year. Mark or goal. So you love players like that. At 10, I've got Tom Papley. Similar story. No one brings more energy and volatility of emotion than Tom Papley as well. He's a live wire that has the best infectious celebration in the game. He can take a big mark. He can kick great goals. He even, when he clears the ball from centre, does it with excitement. So I love Tom Papley. Um, you know, now I'm talking about him. Should he have been higher? Well, I've got him at 10, so he's in the top 10. So your thoughts, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the open line number if you'd like to jump in with 
your best players you love to go and watch. Uh, I'll give you the rest of my top 20. I've got at 11, Jordan Dugowie, self-explanatory. When Geordie's on, something happens. The reason he's outside the top 10. It's not a big mark taker and hasn't been as consistent, I think, as the other stars in the top 10 yet. Yet. Can't wait to get to Jordan Dugowie games this year, though. And I don't get many Collingwood games, TV games, so you absolutely love it when you've got a Collingwood game and Jordan's on. At 12, Dusty's still in the top 12. He's still box office. He still makes things happen, wins games, turns games. One Dustin Martin touch can change the whole narrative of a game. And as a commentator, you love people like that. He's been doing it for so long. It's nice I don't rely on him being the highlight reel anymore. But he has set the bar, and others have risen to it. But he's still the OG. He's still the original. He's still the modern-day original. He's a year older. Um, He's not as big a threat in the air as well. But Dustin's in the top 12. At 13, Aaron Norton, big in the air threat. He's got a mark of the year in him at some stage. And he's a goal kicker. And his goal kicking is a bit of a car crash sometimes. But he's another one you can't take your eyes off. And as a caller, any long kick into the dog's forward line, you have to move your binoculars forward to see where's Norton. That's always in your mind. Bulldogs are going forward. Where's Norton? 14, Taylor Walker, still the king of Adelaide. I know I put Isaac Rankin ahead of him, but Taylor's the king. Big goals, big marks, big moments, game changer. You can go to any game that he's in hoping he can kick eight or nine or ten. He gives you an all-day story as well. And this is another thing as a commentator. The all-day stories are gold. Um, As a caller, you need the occasional big bag and that all-day story, not just moments, because Taylor Walker gives you that four-quarter, how many is he kicking? He's got three to quarter time. He's got six to half time kind of story. So you love all day stories. 15, Nick Blakey. Uh, you need wild and crazy haphazard runners from defence. Blakey style is the new love of footy. It's an old love, but it's a new love. Get it and go. Players that don't care what's ahead. I'm taking you on. Defenders who go back safely and take their kick are not highlight real guys. Intercept and go guys are gold. And Nick Blakey is gold. Zach Butters at 16. Hard, tough. Just wants the ball more than anyone. Plays like his life depends on it. He takes a hit. He gives a hit. He takes marks sometimes. But his hard, tough inside play is old school. And I think we all love that old school style that Zach Butters plays with, which is why I think he's pretty much universally loved across the comp. At 17, another Port player, Connor Rosie. Smooth, classy, cream. Big marks, big goals. If he's you know, a higher possession, more consistent player this year, uh, he's going to be probably in my top 10 by the end of the year. So uh, I love Connor Rosie. So he's at 17. 18, 9, and 20. Well, 18 might be a surprise for you. Michael Frederick, he could be in the top 10 by the end of the year. He's super quick. Talk about quick players. He can kick freak goals. When he runs, he lights up your whole life. As a commentator and as a lover of footy, he lights your life up. And if he does a few more celebratory somersaults this year, We'll all be better for it. So Michael Frederick at 18. At 19, I've got Jamara in the top 10. This might be his year from Jamara. He can do it all. High marks, big highlight goals. I hope he has an All-Australian year because as a caller, like the others, you always need to know when Jamara is in the area before you see that long kick forward by the dogs. Uh, And at 20, well, I've got Jake Stringer in just. He's still top 20, but he doesn't do it often enough to be top 10, but he's still the package that might explode. So Jake Stringer is still in the top 20. one 736 We've got a thought on the great debate for titanium caravans, Australian-made luxury off-road 
caravans. Ray on the road as we head to your calls. one 736 736 You there, Ray? G'day, mate. How you going? Good. Good, yeah. Look, I love your list and I understand it's your personal opinion. My, my opinion is that Jordan DeGoey, I would put in the 10 and I wouldn't have Danaher or Kernow. Love Kernow, but mm. he, he's proved in the finals for one reason. He's not a big game player. Jordan DeGoey's record in big games is outstanding and even Bobby Hill in outstanding. So you, I, I don't disagree with your opinion, but I think... Yep. Degoe's a big game player. That's why I've having him, and, I, and I'd have Danaher out because yes, you don't know which Joe going to show up, but he doesn't show up in the big games, and that's what I like to see: exciting players in big games. Thanks. Yeah, mate. well, if, you, if you're going to count it that way, then Bobby Hill should have been in the top twenty. He was twenty-one. I had a couple of other guys close as well. Bobby Hill at twenty-one. I had Cam Zerha at twenty-three for those North supporters. Um, just love Dusty Pipe, absolute surgeon by foot. Uh, Connor Rosie, the new captain. Um, where's Jeremy Howe in your top 10? Jeremy, I'll give you... I went through all the clubs. Let me just run through. I'll come back to your course. So I went through all the clubs. Collingwood, um, Nick Dacos, Jeremy Howe, Bobby Hill, and Pendle. So Jeremy Howe could have been in there, just missed out, not flying much as, as much as he used to. But Jeremy Howe and Bobby Hill, absolutely. Brisbane, Charlie Curnow, Joe Danaher, Port, Butters, Rosie, and Rioli, but Rioli missed out in my top 20. Melbourne, it's Cozzy, number one. Carlton, Charlie Curnow. St Kilda, right. Mitch Owens is probably the number one for Saints fans. GWS, Toby Green. Harry Himmelberg, unlucky not to be in there. Sydney, Papley, Blakey. Heaney, probably unlucky, but not consistent enough. Bulldogs, Norton and Jamara. Adelaide, Taylor Walker and Isaac. Essendon, Jake Stringer. Mason Redmond's up there, not in the top 20, but up there. Jeremy Cameron at the Cats, but they've got a few. Richmond, Shea Bolton and Dusty, obviously. Fremantle, as I mentioned, Michael Frederick. Gold Coast, probably Ben King when he's fit. Hawthorne, well, he used to be the old James Sicily. The calm James Sicily, not as much fun as the old one. Um, but if you asked me this time last year, it would have been James Sicily. Do you love Sam Frost when he gets it and goes? Because it's just chaos. And Josh Weddle could be the new guy. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, the injury um, is going to cost us one of Hawthorne's gun runners with the ball. I, I love... Chanku Jath when he goes, but he's not going to play for a little while, so that's why he didn't make my reckoning either. North Melbourne, Cam Zerha, West Coast, Oscar Allen. So back to your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Tony in Bayswater, are you there, Tony? Dwayne, how are we going? Good. Good. Um, during the finals last year, and I think you'll be one to watch again this year, Blake Akers for Carlton. He was uh, Mr. Excitement with the saves and uh, just giving it all whilst he was injured too. Yeah, not, not a bad call at all, Tony. I appreciate you jumping on and giving him some love. Jeff, Jetty Watsonia, who are you giving some love to? Dwayne, hello. Yes, welcome to you. Mate, I absolutely love the list so far, but you, you're missing the goat, Charlie Spargo, for the D. So why Charlie Spargo for you, Jed? His personal taste, wouldn't I have Bailey Fritch ahead of Spargo if I was going to do And wouldn't I have Petrarca Head of Spargo, if I was going to go beyond Cozzy Pickett for Melbourne? Well, B- Bales has always got his eyes on the goals. But Charlie, Charlie knows how to find someone inside 50 better than anyone. And if he's within 30 metres, he doesn't miss. Appreciate your call. Uh, one here, Sam Draper, you peanut. Yeah, well, you've got to say, he's my favourite in some ways because he sliced them, tossed them and diced them. Uh, yeah, I'll get your text. Thank you for that uh, repeat text. Uh, 
and it was one of the great highlights for me to call a couple of years ago. Keep your text coming, Dwayne. I love how you've got the package in your list pipe when he delivers those 15-minute bursts. There's none better to watch. Um, oh, I could read a heap of these out. You'll be waiting a long time between Jake's highlights, Bobby Hill. Yeah, maybe Bobby as 21st should have been in there, but only one season out of Bobby Hill of this kind of highlight reel. Geez, Dwayne, must be hard to be Marcus Bond and Pelly. Yeah, I get that. Fair enough. But there's a couple of high flyers that I had just ahead of the Bont, even though I do love the Bont. Dwayne, you had Charlie Dixon kicking 100 this year. He won't kick over 35 goals for you this year. I didn't have Charlie Dixon kicking 100. Thanks for that. I said that if anyone at Port Adelaide, if they have a big season, that could threaten 100 in the finals this year, then it might be Charlie Dixon now that they've gone and got Soldo to ruck, and he will be stationed forward permanently. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Scrap back to your calls, players you love to watch. Again, you my top 20 I love to watch. Can't wait to call this year and have loved calling last year. Jenny in Box Hill, 1300 736 that open line number for Midday Madness. As the great debate for titanium caravans continues, built tough to tackle. Australia's harshest conditions make your next caravan a titanium built tough to tackle Australia's harshest conditions. Jenny, thanks for holding. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Um, I'm sure you've just had a couple of should have gone to spec savers moments there in your last 10. Would you like to revisit your list? What about Jai Newcomb and Connor Nash? Yeah, I do love them both, Jenny, but I'd, I'd probably put Bont, Marcus Bond and Pelly and Bobby Hill in slightly ahead of John Newcomb and Connor Nash, but I love your love for them, Jenny. I still think that last year or the year before, James Sicily would have been up there as the number one for the Hawks, but uh, it's fair enough that you've thrown those guys in. Shanku Jaff, we're going to miss him dearly. Yes, most definitely, and... Denver, Granger, Barras has gone down with Turco. Yeah. He's had an operation. He's not as consistent, um, um, but with Will Day. But with with always with, uh, with us, one soldier goes down, another one steps up and replaces them. But we are hoping for no more injuries this Friday, that's for sure. Yeah, Jenny, it's been a sad story. I don't want to harp on it, but, uh, yeah, Denver Granger Brass's story itself within the Hawthorne horrible injury story is one that I think everyone's going to follow, given he was such a high draft pick and he just hasn't played the footy and injury's going to let, not let him play the footy. We hope he play. Hey, great to have you called, Jenny, as always. Thanks for jumping on. Greg in Strathbogie. Welcome to you, Greg. Yeah, I would have thought Darcy yeah, so who am I kicking out uh, to get Darcy Moore in when it comes to Collingwood players? I couldn't put all the Collingwood players in, so I couldn't kick Nick Dacos out ahead of Darcy Moore, could I? Um, Jeremy Howe, Darcy Moore, Scott Pennery. You've got a few, Bobby Hill. <laughs> the thing is, he transforms in our back. No one's played it like he does. I'm not sure he ever plays on a player, and it's kind of exciting <laughs> and scary at the same time. Who's going to provide the more highlights for you this year, Greg, as a Collingwood supporter? Jordan DeGoey or Darcy Moore? 
Look, I think Darcy Moore can win games from centre-half back. I've never seen that before. Probably David Dench did a little bit of that sort of thing. But I'm not saying against the top centre-half forwards, but when we're playing lesser teams, he's completely dominant. Um, I'm sure you'd be able to show him how you actually touch out and pinch or punch your opponent. But he doesn't do that. He just does his own thing. I think he's tremendously exciting and a great captain. Yeah, he's got that. Well, I mentioned about Joe Danaher, and you just love Joe because he plays the game in such a nice, kind spirit. And I think that's the beauty of Darcy Moore. I mean, he's in a, it's a cutthroat business. He's captain of the biggest club in Australia. And yet it looks like he's going to just heading out to a Taylor Swift concert, which I see that he did. Um, hey, great to have you called, Greg. Love your contribution. Hold the line. You've got a Brick Lane dining experience for two including a three-course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale is the taste of summer. Muzzer in Geelong, before we take a quick break for news, you there, Muzzer? Uh, yeah, Nick, New- Nick Newman and uh, Walsh are the two blokes I'll, I'll be watching with interest this year. Always love your contribution, Muzzer. Let's hope we bring you as much of the colour as we possibly can this year on SEN's call. You, you have a good day, too. Right. Good on you, Muzzer. Great to have you. Uh, keep your calls coming, keep your texts coming. Hello. A few votes for Horn Francis and Miles Bergman. Yeah, I agree, but I couldn't get them all in. If I'm going to get anyone into that top 20, it's probably the Bont and Bobby Hill ahead of Horn Francis. But I do love the Hornet. Let's hope he can do it again this year. And Miles Bergman could be, well, he could be in that All Australian equation at the end of this year. So thanks for that. Uh, Viney's good to watch. How hard he goes at it. Rivers is awesome. Rebound 50 runner also. Ben on the road. Thanks for that, Ben. Uh, Dwayne, what about Liam Baker? Not the most talented, but how good is his ferocity on the opposition and the ball? Go Tiggs. Uh, yeah, it's, it's more when it comes to the highlight reel. I know there's great contributors like these guys who are superstars in their own right, but uh, it's more the, the marks, the goals, and the ripping games away from teams with their own individual highlights that Gets you up on your feet every time. Piper would rather have Langford than Stringer. Also, Kerno will have some making up to do if Carlton make the finals again this year. Yeah, I'm back in Charlie and I think he'll have a good final series, so I'm back in Charlie and um, Thought Joe played very well in the grand final. Pipe shifty from Essendon. Yeah, I mean Joe's Joe's had a really good year. Max Gorn, Marcus Bond and Pelly should have been in there. Thank you. High Pipe this time next year. Nick Watson will be on your list. Cheers from Grant. Um, Dwayne, uh, I love how you've got the package in your list pipe when he delivers those 15-metre bursts. There's none better to watch. Chris in Bateman's Bay. Uh, keep your test coming through 0433981116 for the all-new Temper, T-E-M-P-U-R, Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. I want here, how's Bont not in your top three, let alone the top 20 watchable players? He's ridiculous. He does everything out there. Great highlights, consistency, courage, leadership, Turns, games, etc. Kev on the Gold Coast. Yeah, courage and leadership are, are completely different equations in this. When it comes to the highlight reel and the goal of the year, mark of the year, I still think probably Norton and Jamara might be ahead of him this year. But the Bont, he's a clearance and play setup specialist. And he's a, he's a Rolls Royce, absolutely. I just couldn't get... Well, I could have got more dogs in there. I could have got more Collingwood players in there. Great to have so many of your techs coming through. Uh, your text machine's gone crazy. Alicia Froling's going to join us after the break as well. Plenty of footy still to come. As I mentioned, we're going to have a chat to Ben Keys after two. And Sammy Edmund will bring us the latest news uh, for those people curious as to what's been happening. Any deliberations still over the 
suspension, if there is to be one, for Taron Thomas. We'll find out hopefully after two with Sammy Edmonds. So keep your calls coming, keep your tests coming. For more Midday Madness after the break, Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. And a reminder, it's Melbourne Mavericks IMAR Membership Week. Join the tribe, get pre-sale access, 20% off ticketing, merchandise discounts, exclusive Trailblazer Blazer merchandise and more. Secure your inaugural membership today, melbournemavericks.com. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. The lines are open again right now. one 736 736 or send through a text 0433981116. Who are the contenders for Australia's greatest sporting family? Because it's my pleasure to have as a guest Alicia Froling, Bendigo Spirit star, Bendigo Spirit have won five in a row after defending Townsville on the weekend. Need to beat Perth on Saturday in the final round of the regular season to secure a finals berth. But the Froling family are up there when it comes to the greatest Australian sporting family. As we talk some WNBL, thanks to Stearns, Showcase Jewelers, proud supporters of Alicia Froling and the Bendigo Spirit. Alicia, welcome to you. Great to have you on. Hey, thanks so much for having me. That's uh, an interesting story, yours in itself, Alicia. If you don't mind going there for a little while, you've got mum and dad, uh, Shane and Jenny. You've got you and Harry and Sam uh, and Keely. It's uh, it's a hell of a family. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely a basketball family. Um, mum and dad both played professional basketball, and then yeah, all four of us are playing professional basketball too. So a very competitive family. What was that? What kind of car did you drive back in the day? Because your dad's what six eight, your mum six foot, you're about six three, your sister's about six three. Um, I'm not sure your brothers are what six eight. Uh, nah, Sam's seven foot and Harry's six seven, eleven. Right. So okay. yeah, okay. Um, we just had like a little minivan. So yeah, we all we there were lots of fights over who was in the front seat. Um, but because I was the tallest until the boys obviously grew, it was mainly me. Um, yeah, but I think more so the food bill was the problem. <laughs> what about family holidays? Um, you obviously all just jammed up in the back seats of the plane, were you? Yeah, pretty much. But we didn't go on a lot of holidays. We were doing too much basketball. So that was our holidays, wherever basketball took us. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story in itself. And it's good to have you on talking about it. I might go back there in a second, but let's just talk about Bendigo for a start. Uh, you're in good form at the moment at the right end of the season. Yeah, I think we've just um, kind of found really good form when we've needed to. Um, one more win and we're in finals. So uh, it's been really good. Um, I think, you know, we've won the past five in a row and it's kind of been every game has been finals for us really because we knew if we lost then that would really hurt our chances. So we're in really good form and hoping to clinch that spot on Saturday. And your sister, she's the shortest of a lot of you. and she? She's going okay though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. You're all good. She's going all right. She, um, I suppose the the Melbourne the Melbourne Boomers are going okay, but not in comparison to what we're talking about with you guys. Uh, the rivalry you mentioned, how big is it? Would you like? Would you rather play together? <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Maybe towards the end of our careers, we're both very competitive. We definitely um, could get into a few fights. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so definitely just focused on us and focused on Bendigo at the minute. Yeah. Can I ask you about the technicalities of you? Did you break your wrist? You had a wrist injury where you 
had to change your shooting, so you now shoot with your opposite hand. Is that correct? Yes. yes. So I was right-handed my whole career, um, all juniors. Uh, I've had, oh gosh, I've done cartilage, ligaments, bone, tendons. Basically, I've messed up everything that you probably possibly could mess up in a wrist. Um, so it just doesn't, it doesn't work the way that it used to. So I had to kind of make that choice, uh, probably almost two years ago now, um, to switch to my left hand and it's worked out really well. So how hard was it then to switch your shooting hand? Because it sounds like it would be really difficult. Yeah. Um, I think I was at a point where I was so frustrated by it and I've been rehabbing for, I think at that point, almost three years and mentally it was really draining too, that, I had to make a decision where I was like, I can't keep going like this. Um, so it actually wasn't too hard in terms of like, it was a relief in that I was like, oh, you know, my brain's telling my arm to do something and it's actually responding. Um, so it was a massive mental relief, massive weight off my shoulders. And then I'm also someone that's going to work super hard. So I knew that if I just put the work in, it, the results are going to come. Obviously, I'm still still working, still trying to get better. I'm no, not, you know, a super shooter, but it does the job and I'm getting better. And, yeah, so over the next few years, I'm going to be really good with that, I think. No, it's great to hear. And it's good in the context of other sports as well to hear someone switching like that. Hey, before you go, who wins the NBL? I know what your answer's going to be, obviously, Illawarra, but uh, have they got a chance? I think so. I think they've hit good form too. Um, yeah, I'm backing them. Do you go to how? Do you talk to Sam much? Do you do you get in contact with each other and do you ride each other for every game you play? Uh, not every game. We have like a family group chat. We always put stuff in. Um, any chance I can, you know, where our schedules line up, where we get to see each other play, we try and do that too. Um, so I've been to I think two games of his this year in Melbourne. Um, yeah, so we try to, but obviously schedules and quite busy. I look forward to seeing what your Christmas dinner bill is at the end of the year, uh, Alicia. Great to have you on. It's my pleasure to have you. So good luck, and uh, let's hope you beat Perth. Thank you very much. Alicia Froling joining us from the Bendigo Spirit. For Stearns Showcase Jewelers, proudly serving the Bendigo community. Visit them today at their Killian's Walk or Marketplace stores in Bendigo. Okay, Dwayne, you're talking to the greatest sporting family right now. Who the heck beats the Frolings? Six members who all played at the highest level on offer in Australia. End of story. Close the door. Michael and Sunbury, who is Australia's best sporting family? Uh, I, they may not be the six that that family is, but the rights in surfing, so a world champion daughter and then two sons at the top level of surfing. You know, there's only 30 men in the whole world that get to surf at the top level, so it's a pretty small market to have, you know, three of your family members in that. Nice to have a bit of surfing on the program as well, Michael. A left field suggestion from you, and I'm really glad you jumped on the open line to give it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Best Australian sporting family or someone who should be in the equation. One here, hi, Dwayne. Surely the Chapels are the greatest sporting family. Ian and Greg and their grandfather, Vic Richardson. Obviously, Trevor is in that chapel threesome as well, although people don't raise Trevor's name uh, in fun discussions like this all that often. Uh, keep your text coming through. Dwayne, give it two years and the Sutherlands will be there. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. If you'd like to join me, we've got a Dwayne's World T-shirt to give away straight after this. Great to have your company.
Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Midday Madness, rapid fire all the way up to 2 o'clock. Ben Keys from the Adelaide Crows up to 2. Sammy Edmund with the latest news after 2 as well. But one 736 anything you'd like to throw up before we end Midday Madness, including your nomination for the greatest Australian sporting family or the greatest sporting family in the world. If you want to go that far, one 736 Your calls all the way to 2 o'clock. John in Taylor's Lakes has been uh, waiting across... The break. Welcome to you, John. Thanks for holding. G'day, Dwayne. Uh, one bit left field is uh, Olive Markoff, who's a premiership player, and uh, I'm pretty sure his dad, Dimitri, was whether he was an Olympic medalist or a world record holder or something yes. like that in the pole vault. Yeah. N- nice call. The Markovs, left field suggestion, John, but I like it. If you've got a left field suggestion, uh, by all means, send it through on the text or jump on the open line, one three hundred. 736-736 is the number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 or the text machine is 433 Yeah, Paul Volta was Dimitri Markov, so thanks for that nomination. Rapid fire, by the way, for showers at dog washes, fundraise at your footy club. Free installation, showers.com.au. Uh, but jump on the line if you want to be a chance to win a Dwayne's World T-shirt. Got a couple on the text saying, Pipe, love your show, old mate. The boss is hard-ass and never lets me call in. Listen and text every day. I know you only give the callers Dwayne's Wood T-shirts, but I'd love to rock one out, a double XL down at the Mentone Cricket Club one day. Would you, would love it if you could help me out. Cheers from Bert in Kahuna. Bert, we'll get one to you, but as I always say, uh, I'd rather you called. It's Talkback Radio. So I love chatting to you, but there are a few of you who uh, might have the boss that doesn't let you ring in. Mick in Airport West. Greatest Australian sporting family. Welcome to you, Mick. Uh, g'day, Dwayne. Loving your show as usual and can't wait for you to call the footy this year. Um, the quarter family. Peter won the Australian Open and his two girls are, are smoking it on the on the women's tour. It's a good point, Mick. When it's across different sports as well, it, uh, it's rather amazing. The Frolings are all basketball, but you're right about the quarters. They're spread across a couple of them. Yeah, they, uh, they're... Very good to watch too. They're pretty, well, they're extremely attractive, but they're just brilliant at their at their craft as well. So, thanks for throwing that in, Mick. Uh, but uh, for those people who hadn't noticed, I suppose one three hundred seven three six seven three six has taken international greatest sports family in the world. Rapid fire for Schauser. Give back to your footy club with Schauser. Uh, g'day, Dwayne. The Danahers must be up there. A lot of games between them. Ben and Tassie. Yeah, that's a a fair call. Um, the Williams family had an extra room to house their trophies. Thanks for that. I'm presuming you talk about the Williams sisters as opposed to Mark Williams' family, which it was a hell of a sporting family as well. Mark's sister, Jenny. You've also um, got Anthony, who I played with, but uh, sadly passed away. Steve was a premiership player and a premiership coach with Port Adelaide and the Sandfall. So the Williams family on top of the great Foss Williams, has to be up there. But I know your text is about the Williams family when it comes to tennis. Well, I presume so. Dwayne, there's a couple of Kerrs from WA that say hello. That's from Paul. Yeah, and their father, Daniel Kerr and Sam Kerr's father, played footy for Port Adelaide and was a superstar in the Waffle. So that's a good nomination as well. The Riolis had 15 family members playing one game in the Darwin League. So that's got to get them up there. I suppose there's a bit of a rivalry there when it comes to the greatest family 
when it comes to Indigenous players to the competition, the Riolis, the Longs, and the Motlops. And I know they probably cross over a bit, but the Motlops have to be up there as well. Going way back to, I think, the the patriarch of the family is Chico Motlop, who was, I think, a great rugby league player as well as a great footy player. And he played both. He played rugby league in one season and footy in the other. If you've got one, by all means, send it through 0433981116 or... Jump on the open line. We've got a couple of minutes left for you on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dwayne, uh, just prepping the chicken for the fried rice tonight. And uh, with due respect to the Froling family, before today, I hadn't heard of them. Is it me, Paul? Well, if you're not in the basketball world, I get that. So uh, you probably wouldn't. The Foster family in wood chipping have been awesome. The Silvanis, that is multi-generational. So that's a good nomination as well. Um, Serge. And then Sauce, the son of Sauce, and then Sauce off, so it's the son of the son of Sauce. So a good nomination uh, there. Um, Neville, our Maverick, Maverick coach, and her brothers for England and Man U. Yeah, it's a good nomination as well, given that it is Mavericks membership week. Uh, Gary from Strat Pine in Queensland also threw this text in that I wanted to get to because Gazy was hot on this yesterday whilst we're talking some basketball. Um, my comment regarding the debacle of NBA All-Stars yesterday, it is a joke for such a high-profile sport. I've said for four years now, USA versus the world will be one of the biggest rating games. The world would take it seriously. Bragging rights. Gary, um, if you didn't hear Gazy, we'll play that a little bit later on next hour in Lost in the Wash because uh, Gazy went off yesterday as to how bad the NBA All-Star game was yesterday and has become. And uh, I want to throw this one as well. Finally, the time had the time, Dwayne, to watch Killers of the Flower Moon. I highly recommend it, but you need to clear your schedule to watch it. Um, well, I have watched it, and it's not the kind of movie I'll be watching twice, but it was one of those movies where I absolutely loved it the first time, and it is a contender to win Best Movie. I was talking to Jared Waitley earlier today about movies. I loved the holdovers. I had tears in my eyes with the holdovers. And I know it's a, it's a little bit like sort of um, um, Goodwill Hunting and a couple of those movies. But I love the holdovers watching that on the weekend. So that's up there for me with Barbie and Wonka for contenders for best movie I've seen. Jared's invited me to go and see Poor Things with him in gold class. So I've got to consider that offer from Jared in the next couple of days. It's uh, got a couple of sort of left field um, storylines in Poor Things. I'm not sure Jared's the guy to be watching it with, but, uh, you know, we can sit in uncomfortable silence. Thanks to all of you who took the time to text and dial that open line number brought to us by Werribee Kia today for Midday Madness, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. A reminder, Werribee Kia have their biggest ever EV sale on now at Werribee Kia. Ben Keys to join us after the break and Sammy Edmund with the latest news. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Thanks for joining me for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. We'll head back to your calls and your texts very shortly. But the Adelaide Crows have announced a new look leadership group for 2024. So Jordan Dawson retains the captaincy, but he's now supported by three Vice-Captains, Riley O'Brien, Brody Smith, Ben Keyes. Ben Keyes has been part of the leadership group. In fact, the Ben Keyes story to resurrect his career after departing the Lions and becoming a star with the Adelaide Crows is one of the great stories of 
the last decade of footy and has become one of the big gun players for the Adelaide Crows. And their midfield is one of those that if they add a bit of new blood into it, maybe a bit of Isaac Rankin heads in there, maybe a little bit of Pedler and Saligo. Might find out from Ben Keys who they are adding. Welcome to you, Ben. Congratulations again on being part of the leadership team. Hey, Dwayne. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. What's that midfield rotation going to look like this year? You got a few? Yeah, we do. Hopefully a few bodies going through there. But no, you already named a, a few that hopefully we see a bit more of. But yeah, it's obviously supported and led well by uh, our captain, Jordan. And then obviously Rory Laird as well and Matt Crouch. We've got some experience in there, but hopefully some, some new blood through there as well. So who decides? How do you guys decide? And when you're sitting on that sort of half-forward flank waiting to get in there and someone says, no, no, I got this one, uh, how do you decide between you? Yeah, look, it's always, it's always tough. But, uh, I've been playing um, pretty much mostly forward and, and absolutely loving it, so I'm enjoying that challenge. Um, I'll let some of the, uh, the younger boys get the reps in this preseason um, through the trial games and see how we go. And then, yeah, ultimately it's the, it's the coach's call, I guess. But, no, it's really good signs. We're, uh, we're really well coached and uh, we're working really hard as well. So lots of guys have put their hand up to go through that. How's your goal kicking? You mentioned your foot. How's your goal kicking going? You, you were so inaccurate last year. You missed one in that, late in that game, late in the home and away season that cost your team a final. Have you fixed that? <laughs> yeah, just trying to get it uh, much more up the middle, much straighter. So <laughs> thanks a lot, Dwayne. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to bring up the war, but uh, oh, it's got to be with you forever, isn't it? No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. no, no way around it. It's, it's pretty tough, but... Um, yeah, I, I thought I'd, uh, I'd kick the nice ball, but um, wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, it is, it is definitely something I've, I've always had to work on and, and obviously spending a lot more time forward. I've been able to get more of the reps in um, this preseason than I normally would have had if I was uh, training with the midfield group. So yeah, doing a lot more goal kicking. So hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we can, uh, we can show that off this season. You handled it with class, I've got to say, Ben. Did anybody from the AFL ever call you and congratulate you for the way you handled it? Uh, no, I don't think so, no, but um, oh. our GM, Adam Kelly, was, was, was pretty good. He was talking to me in the days after and uh, getting around me. But look, we, we were all sort of feeling it. I don't think it was uh, It's really a me thing. It was pretty much the whole, nearly the whole state of South Australia was probably feeling the same. So, um, yeah, we supported each other, uh, got through it, and, yeah, hopefully use it as fuel to, to bounce back. Mm. Hey, even I felt dudded, and I was only calling it. So, uh, it was one of are you surprised the AFL didn't do something, put better cameras on, get a better goal on technology over the summer? Uh, no, look, it's, it was something unprecedented. I, I don't think it'll happen again just with the, you know, the technology we've got. Yeah, look, it, it would have been nice if there was sort of a different rule, sort of similar to the soccer where the, the, the video official could, could override the, the call straight away um, just before play uh, sort of panned out. But yeah, they, they played on quick and um, yeah, so the moment was gone, but yeah, look, it's a little tiny loophole in the, the system that I'm sure will get closed with. Uh, obviously, the goal umpires would be aware of it, and they're probably going to yeah, call for more reviews and um, if, that, if that situation ever happens again. But, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's not one of those things. You don't really want to spend too much time on it. Um, fact of the matter is, yeah, we um, you know, squandered some chances earlier in the season anyway, so um, had to come down the last game. So, uh, yeah, sometimes you need a bit of luck, but also kind of create your own luck throughout the whole season. So, yeah, we looked at it uh, as a total sort of... Uh, a total, total outlook on the season rather than just that one game. You've got a great list, Ben, and it's looking like you could play finals and do some damage this year and, and even make it to the grand final. You must be pretty confident about the chance of getting back in there and going deep into the season. Yeah, hopefully. I'm really excited about 
our group. And yeah, I really hope we're sort of in that same position as we were last season where we're playing in those big games towards the end of the year. And um, yeah, a lot of guys are obviously pretty hungry. Guys that have been at the at the club for a few years now that, that haven't tasted that finals action. So everyone's pretty hungry. And um, yeah, I think we're, we're really on the right path at the moment. You spread of goal kickers as well. You, you can't be so Tex reliant. I mean, Tex is great. He keeps on keeping on. But he's a year older. Um, you've lost one of your key jumping marking forwards as well. So your spread of goals is going to be interesting this year. Yeah, it's going to be really important. And it's something we've sort of preached for the last few years. We really want a spread of, of guys hitting the scoreboard. That includes midfielders as well, wingers, halfbacks. So, yeah, trying to get an even spread. But, yeah, I'm really excited about our forward mix. We've got um, a bit of a different look now. Um, Riley Stillthorpe's taken some huge steps forward and he's going to be hopefully that big marking target but then we've got some good guys on the ground as well um, guys like Ranks and uh, Josh Rochelle as well he kicked a lot of goals last year Pedler kicked uh, I think over 20 goals last year as well so we've got some different guys and um, yeah we're pretty excited we've also got uh, Chris Burgess who's arrived at the club and he's been really impressive up forward so we've got um, some guys we can uh, definitely have a look at You'd think that hurry up and resign your coach wouldn't you? What's that sorry? You'd think that hurry up and resign your coach <laughs> oh, I don't really keep up with all that, Dwayne. I'm not too sure what's going on, but uh, yeah, he's going pretty well at the moment. I'm sure. I'm sure something will get done. You like him, that, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's been awesome for me personally. But um, yeah, to see him grow over the last few years as well. Um, we obviously arrived at the club at the same time, um, uh, just before the 2020 season, and went through all the COVID stuff. And um, yeah, just to see how he's grown as a coach through that has been awesome. And um, Obviously, we've gotten tighter over that over those four years as well. So um, it's awesome to work under him. Uh, he's created a great environment, and uh, he's well supported by some awesome assistants too. And as a commentator, I'd never quite know how much love to give Darren Burgess. How how much how many percent he adds to your ability to win games? Can you sort of put it in words for me? <laughs> yeah, he adds lots of percent, Dwayne. He's absolutely <laughs> fantastic. We we love Virgo. No, he's he's good, and and hopefully he's another one where. We've sort of been under his program for a couple of years now, so hopefully that sort of really starts to, to show on the field. But, um, yeah, he's a great operator. Um, I'm quite close with Berger. I really love working with him. Um, I sort of I love that space and, and that side of footy, so um, I'm always in his office asking questions, and um, he's been great. He's been great for our group, um, and some guys have taken some huge, um, huge steps forward in the conditioning space, so I think, as a result of, of him being here for the last couple of years now. And a couple of you guys, can they take the step up to almost... Well, all Australian kind of level, at least the squad. And you've got Darcy Fogarty. You've, I mean, I don't know what the upside of Josh Rochelle is, but he looks like he's got everything that it takes. Luke Peddler's got a huge upside as well. We know how good Isaac Rankin's in, so it is, so we don't really need to talk about him too much. So you, you've got a good group of guys who can, who can get to that next level. Yeah, I think, I think we have an awesome group of, of guys, as you mentioned. But I think the most impressive part of those guys with that upside you see on the field is, how hard they work off the field. That's probably what I'm most excited about. And that's what I love, you know, coming into the club uh, every day to, to work with guys like uh, Rochelle and Riley Stillthorpe, you know, they're absolute animals, the way they train, the way they do their gym work, um, all of that. So, you know, one day that's going to, that's going to pay them back, whether it's next year or sorry, this year, or it might be next year, the year after you just don't know, but um, just the attitude of some of those guys you mentioned is, um, is why, uh, yeah, well, I think it's uh, the club's a great place to be and why it's enjoyable. And, um, yeah, we really challenge each other and train hard. So hopefully we get set on the field this year. Talking to Ben Keyes, Adelaide Crows Joint Vice-Captain. And one last one, Ben. Just on Jordan Dawson, your captain, we hear about his football smarts and what a great addition. He walked straight into the Adelaide Crows and was a leader pretty much the day 
he got there. Um, we talk about some of the other great captains in the game, like Marcus Bond and Pelly and you know, Scott Pendlebury, etc. Should we be talking about Jordan a bit more often in those conversations? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been awesome since the day he walked in, as you said. And um, yeah, I think on the field, the way he's grown as well, the way he's improved over the last few years, you know, having the, the responsibility of, of being the captain, um, it just seemed to propel his football forward, um, even though he had that extra responsibility. So he seems to thrive on, um, you know, extra duties and extra roles and, you know, more pressure, I guess. So um, that's obviously going to be pretty important for us if we want to be one of the great sides and want to take big steps forward. So, um, yeah, he's he's one of my good mates as well. Um, obviously, he's a South Australian as well, so so that's factored in the way he came in. He was so excited to, to be in Adelaide Crow and to, to represent the state. So, um, yeah, he's a joy to work with. I'm really looking forward to working under him again this year. Great to have you, Ben. I uh, love watching you play, love watching Adelaide play. You've got so many exciting players that can turn it on, so can't wait to see you in action this year. Appreciate it, Dwayne. Thanks for the chat. Ben Keyes joining us. Need to take a break. Sammy Evans not far away to bring us the latest news, footy news, all news. That's after the break as well. You with Dwayne Dwell. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Simon Hill still to come to talk the world game, but news, news, it's all about the news. Everything on the show is just a preamble to get to Sammy Edmund, our SEN chief reporter. <laughs> Was that a laugh? Thanks to Arnold Thomas and Becker. Talk to a lawyer and start your no-win, no-fee claim today. Welcome back to you, Sammy. Dwayne, flattery will get you everywhere. There's no problem with that in my book. Although, I did love your little segment earlier, top 20 uh, favourite players to call. However, I was shocked by an omission. I can't believe you didn't make it. Now, I know it's current players, but how could there not be a special mention for Mott, Stevie Motlop? <laughs> well, he did drown us in his honey, of course, and uh, it's been put to music by... Yes, drown him in your honey, Mott's. Might have to get our man uh, as well back from Artie Donna next week, I think, to have a chat to <laughs> us about the fact that that's been put to a little bit of music from draft. So uh, we'll talk about that later. Don't want to get too self-indulgent, though, Sammy, but it is... Always good to recall a few of those little moments that come your way every now and then. Has to be done. What kind of moments are going to have come our way from the Bulldogs this year? Mick Baines was on this morning yeah. talking about English and Jamar and a few other things. He was. He was on with Jared Waitley ahead of a season that, as you touched on there, Dwayne holds a lot of question marks at the moment, and we eagerly await the answers. The football department, the changes in there, and then the players, three of their best being out of contract in the same 2024 season. They are Tim English, Jamar Hagen, uh, and Bailey Smith. Now, Tim English and Jamar have both... Both told the dogs they want to stay. That's significant news. Bailey Smith's future, which has been widely discussed, appears less clear. But here's a meet Baines, uh, Dwayne, with Jared Waitley today discussing the optimism surrounding big men, Tim English and Jamara Eaglehagen. They, you know, are, are really significant contracts to, to get done. Tim had a, a terrific breakout year last year and was all Australian and Jamara's trajectory continues to, to rise. So, um, again, Sam's been pretty busy um, in those conversations uh, with Andrew McDougall um, on Tim and, and Robbie Durazio on, on Jamara, but um, both uh, have, have indicated that they want to stay. So that's the, the starting point and um, we just need to get contracts done now. The Sam being Sam Power, of course. 
I've got nothing to do with it, uh, Dwayne. I'm not in there uh, calling the shots. That's the list manager down at the Western Bulldogs. So they, that is great news, isn't it? That they've got, okay, A, the commitment. Now, B, they work out the particulars. But history says that will be a formality, even if it does um, drag out a bit throughout the year, as some of the bigger contracts are known to do. And I guess the long-term contract, Dwayne, a la Aaron Norton's eight-year deal. I mean, speaking to a couple of managers today, mm. the feel is we're going to see more and more of this sort of tenure. And, in fact, it might apply even to some younger players this year, if we're going to see some sixes and sevens that might shock some people. Now, I'm not sure this will be the case with Jamara. You wouldn't have thought because he still has four more years to go until free agency and his management company being Connor Sports don't typically make a habit of signing their players over and beyond that free agency trigger. But just on English, being his free agent year, being 26 years of age, right in the sweet spot, this will be a long one, whether it be five, six, seven, who knows what happens there. But um, they're going to try and keep him, of course, and it might take a big, uh, a big deal to do that. Yeah, you just have to make the commitment. Now, there is the occasion where you can have the uh, Taron Thomas kind of situation come along, so yeah. you always are wary of that. So let's just go there for a second. Taron Thomas, any penalty handed down yet? No, unfortunately no change in the sense there's uh, still nothing official, but everyone involved in this, and I've touched, uh, retouched uh, uh, base with them today, still bracing for a significant suspension for North Melbourne's Taron Thomas. So what that means for his career, again, in a contract year for him, um, spell some doom and gloom remains to be seen ultimately so still nothing from the AFL they're still at pains to say the investigation's ongoing they haven't made a final determination yet and then therefore North Melbourne and uh, the management camp of Taron Thomas in the dark as well so surely imminent Dwayne but nothing is yet and the other situation happens where you draft a kid that you think is going to be great for you but things just happen yeah. and Denver Granger Barras is one of those who just oh. has things happen to him Absolutely. So this is pick six in the 2020 draft and only mm. 28 games in, in three seasons coming in. He's going to have a, a late start to this season. Uh, won't be playing as many as he would have liked. He's undergone surgery for turf toe, a turf toe problem there with the ligaments. He's going to miss uh, the club estimate the next 12 to 14 weeks, Dwayne. So he's had a contract at the end of this year as well. So one to watch, I suppose, from a re-signing point of view or otherwise. He was actually part of trade conversations going back to late last year with other clubs maybe thinking they might be able to prize him out for more opportunity. But his injury, obviously, compounded by the fact they've lost James Blank. We know that to the season-ending ACL in the recent intra-club. And I'm sure this would have played a role in the club's decision to take on the VFL defender Ethan Phillips. And it's been a turbulent off-season, to say the least. I mean, the coach seriously sick in New York, and he's come back to witness all sorts mm. of injury carnage. Will Day's going to miss round one. No timeline on the foot stress fracture there. Uh, CJ Chang with Jath has a serious hamstring injury, we know. And Dylan Moore's got glandular fever, for heaven's sake. Mm. And there's others that I haven't even mentioned. So just one of those wild, bumpy rides for the Hawks uh, throughout the off-season and the preseason. Yeah, I suppose Sam lucky that he got through the New York uh, health scare, but uh, he's been unlucky for six or so months now. Any other footy news before we start to talk about some other stuff? Geez, I thought maybe this is a conversation for another time. I thought the uh, comments from Brad Scott, the Essendon coach, on Jake Stringer, uh, and Jake Stringer acknowledging this, Dwayne, he's always the source of a lot of conjecture leading into a season from whether you're an Essendon supporter or otherwise, his preparation, what's he like, how fit is he, and all the rest of it. I thought the comments, or more the admission from Brad Scott in the age today, was probably the most transparent yet. We've heard how that coach and that club view the player. He did tell Jake Noel Scott that it was unrealistic to expect Jake Stringer to become a 10 out of 10 professional footballer. He said there are some non-negotiables in the modern game. You can't just have flashes of brilliance. But Jake will never be a 10 out of 10 if we can at least nudge him in the right direction and make him significantly better. But we're never going to get him to that 10 out of 10. So I thought that was a pretty big omission. But maybe an 8 out of 10 Jake Stringer is better than most 10 out of 10ers. 
Yeah, well, fine might open the lines up tomorrow. Uh, who are the 10 out of 10 we've ever had? Because there probably hasn't been that many 10 out of 10 over but the course not, of... Not in terms of their calibre or their ability or their skill no. or standing in the game, but just their desire and want to best prepare uh, and mm. and um, and do all those little things, the I's and the T's, to, to get themselves ready. Now, I think that's what he's referring to, that Jake will never yeah. be that. But if they can provide a, a mechanism to at least get him towards that, then they might still see the best of Jake Stringer this year and beyond. Yeah, it is a good debating point. Hey, Dave Warner's gone out with a bang. I think he's going to be good. He's airing, special comments for Fox Cricket. He's airing some dirty laundry. I suppose you can do that when you're about to farewell the game. <laughs> Australia's T20 series against New Zealand does begin tomorrow. And by the way, Dwayne, you can catch every game of Australia's Tour of New Zealand live right here on SEN, of course, at three T20s and the two tests. But it gets underway tomorrow after this Dave Warner press conference. And he said... Uh, you know, perhaps anticipating the treatment he might receive over there this time around, he revived some memories of the personal abuse, Dwayne, that he copped in 2016. Two years this was before Sandpaper Gate. This is David Warner yesterday. The crowd, yeah, they got personal, but if they have to get personal, that's their character. It's not, it's, I just go about my business, but that's upon each individual. If that's what they feel like they have to do, then so be it. You know, if you want to pay your money to come and abuse people, then, you know, you have to go back and lay in your own bed. We get to play the game of cricket that we love, enjoy, and try and put bums on seats to keep the game um, going. Took the long handle out, Pop. Mm. Well, I mean, I suppose it's what you tolerate when you pay your ticket price to yeah. go in. Do you think Travis Kelsey gets Taylor Swift abuse when he plays from over the fence? I don't reckon he's likely to hear anything over over that fence, to be honest. It was no. funny, though, you mentioned I was at a, a Big Bash game over the summer and Adam Zampa was fielding uh, really close to where I was sitting with my family and he was copping a lot of stick, which mm. surprised me. And, and across the line at times, and, and Adam Zampa actually turned around at one point, marched over and gave a couple of guys uh, behind me there uh, what for and called security mm. to... And he put up with it for maybe 10 overs and he finally snapped. I thought, I've never actually <laughs> seen a player snap like that in front of me and... And there is a line to cross. It's all good, there the is. banter. But uh, if you're going to cross the line, then I don't think that's on. Well, I'll tell you where it gets crossed. When I was playing for Port Adelaide at Alberton, there was a little old lady who used to sit on the fence near the bowling club, and she'd tell me that my goal kicking wasn't good enough and I wasn't taking enough marks, and uh, she'd abuse me quite often. And I knew where she sat, so I knew it was her, and I'd turn around and see her. And Martin Leslie and I, we had a lawn mowing business back then, and we'd get inquiries to go and mow lawns. And, of course, um, the phone number was there and port supporters used to get us around. And one day I turned up to mow the lawn and guess whose lawn it was? No. It was her lawn. So she got to at least tell me her thoughts on footy whilst I mowed and gave me a critique on my mowing, whether my stripes were... Did did you put it on one accidentally and scalp it or...? (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't have dared. She had an umbrella. So, yes, um, if you do want to let players know these days, you don't have a chance to call them around to get them to mow your lawn, but uh, that was the opportunity in the old days. Uh, enough about me. What's happening for the Melbourne Cup Carnival? Oh, viewing habits are going to change again because the Dots are now the home of the Melbourne Cup Carnival 9. It will uh, will broadcast the Cup at a landmark okay. broadcast deal this morning, Dwayne, actually. So along with the Victorian Racing Club and Tabcorp, uh, 9 revealed today that they have the Cup from 2024 to 29. Now, that includes all the major days. Derby, Melbourne Cup, of course, Oaks, Champion Stakes Day as well. All the visual uh, rights for broadcast, streaming, mobile, digital, all the social platforms as well across Channel 9 and 9 Now channels. Good news, uh, Sammy, for some. Bad news for others. Great to have you on. Always good news that you're coming on to give us the news and we'll have your news tomorrow. Love it, Pipe. 
Sam Evan joining us, SEN Chief Reporter. Thanks to Arnold Thomas and Becca Talk to a Lawyer and start your no-win, no-fee claim today. Um, Arnold Thomas and Becker injured. Call Arnold Thomas and Becker, one three hundred triple three three double zero. Need to take a break. Simon Hill is not far away from joining us. Uh, one here, uh, Adelaide dropped eight games last year when leading at three-quarter time. There is no Burjo factor. And a few nominations for Best Sporting Family. Uh, the Danaher family got to be up there. What about the Crackers, Pipe? Bit surprised no one's mentioned the Ablett Tuck family. Uh, no one messed with the James brothers. Andre Agassi, Steffi Graff. Pretty good sporting family. That's from Ankle, from Andrew, I should say, as well. Back with more after the break. Welcome back to Dwayne's World. Always great to have your calls and your texts coming through. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Always great to talk. The world game with Simon Hill. So many of uh, the listeners of this program love it when we have Simon on and the host of the Global Game, which you can catch more of Simon and his team at 8 p.m. tonight across the SEN network. Simon Hill's been good enough to join us. Simon, great to have you on the program. Always good to talk uh, A-League with you. How are you, Dwayne? You good? I'm good. I'm good. Although I might rattle your cage early here, and this could be my fault, but uh, I was with a family function a week or so ago, and I thought I'd see how the Melbourne Derby went. And like you do, you Google a score, and I know you've been on about this, the, the coverage of the game, the way that we here in Australia cover the game. The first headline I saw, and this is a few headlines when I Google around, fans evacuated from Melbourne A-League Derby, players' tempers boil over, in heated clash, and then I read another one that said virtually the same. Uh, on-field fireworks display was the advertiser's column. And then I actually clicked on the article, obviously, as you do, and I, I read there was a fire alarm that went off. Now, maybe that's my, my mind taking me down a direction about A-League that I shouldn't go down, but I'm just attuned to when I see a headline like that thinking there was trouble. I, the headline got me clicking, though, so what's, who's at fault here? Yeah, funny that, huh? Uh, very inflammatory headline, and um, you would suggest that that uh, headline writer probably knew what they were doing um, because it plays on age-old stereotypes of not just the A-League, but uh, you know the game in general. Uh, if you read a headline that includes fireworks, particularly with regards to a Melbourne derby after what happened you know, a year or two ago, uh, you're going to think, oh, here we go again. Um, yeah, look, you know, I've done another radio interview this morning where uh, that was the first question about, uh, oh, you know, there was a fire alarm and people were evacuated. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and? I mean, what are we supposed to do about fire alarms? Um, unfortunately, this this is, you know, some of the prejudice that, that surrounds the game, the way it's reported. And it's generally because not only are there a hundred years of stereotypes that we have to deal with, but also a lot of the journalists that, you know, now write those stories are not football journalists. They are put on it because it's a big game and they don't understand what they're watching. So, of course, they're going to go for whatever grabs a headline. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's disappointing, but, um, you know, we've got we've got nothing to try and defend here. It's a fire alarm. I'm sure that yeah. has happened at AFL and rugby league and cricket yeah. down the years. Uh, yeah. What do we do? <laughs> Well, it's people like me that are got to not click on stuff like that and uh, and all of a sudden get hysterical about it and think, oh, what's happened? And then all of a sudden I realise, what's well, a bloody fire alarm. So who cares? It's, but it's I thought I'd throw it at you anyway. Sorry to interrupt, mate. Sorry to interrupt, but uh, when you click on that, you see you're you're looking for a, for a line, aren't you? And, you know, it's, this is unfortunately what we have to deal with. Now, if if Jamie McLaren, for example, had scored five goals in that game and the headline was 
McLaren and the five goal hero, would you have clicked on it? Yeah, I would have actually. Uh, I, that was what I was looking for. I, I was looking yeah. for a score. I was looking for a storyline in that game, and I, Correct. I would have clicked yeah. on it because I was simply looking for what is the story out of the derby, really. Okay, all right, fair enough. <laughs> and that's the and that's where I, I mean I want to know what's going on, but uh, that's the that's just maybe maybe you just actually should have taken the time to watch the game myself, and then I would have realised that the on-pitch stuff was the talking point. And let's get on pitch. Um, well, let's get off pitch, firstly. Marco Rudan <laughs> copped a three-match suspension. So uh, there's a bit going on off the pitch and on the pitch in the A-League at the moment. Uh, did what he had to say um, resonate with you? Was he correct or was he just out of line saying it? Look, I, I don't necessarily buy into conspiracy theories with regards to referees and officialdom. Um, having said that, he had another bad call go against him at the weekend when Jacob Farrell could quite easily have been uh, sent off for a foul on Marcus Antonsen that, that may well have broken his foot. Uh, so, you know, you can understand that he's aggrieved with, with some of the decisions that have gone against him. But, uh, you know, every club, fans of every team feel that referees are against them. Uh, I don't necessarily think that that bit is true. Uh, he did go on to say that, you know, there were there were problems generally with the administration of the league. And on that point, I agree. And it's time that, uh, you know, people within the game maybe started calling that out a bit more because everybody's livelihood is at stake. And, uh, you know, the, their record over the last couple of years has not been that flash. So I, I'm sort of half with him, but uh, we, we've got to be very careful about starting to accuse referees of being intentionally biased towards one team or another. Um, it's not true, and uh, it's it's dangerous because you know then we encourage the fans to think the same way. So in that regard, I think it's right that he's been punished. But uh, uh, there was a kernel of truth about some of the other comments. It's a different looking ladder right now. A different looking top three. Yeah, it is. Uh, Wellington Phoenix. Uh, I mean, I said this earlier on today on another radio show that. Uh, you know, if you'd have said at the start of the season with eight or nine games to go, that there'll be one team that is five points clear at the top. Uh, out of 100 people, I reckon 99 wouldn't have said Wellington Phoenix. Um, so th- they've had a terrific season. Uh, you know, three or four games at the top of the ladder, you think, OK, it's a good start. Even nine or ten, you're thinking, well, there's a long way to go. But uh, when they are where they are with only eight or nine games to go, it- it's theirs to lose. And you've got to say that they're now the favourites for the premiership. Uh, obviously, there's a finals to come after that, which will decide the champion club. But uh, I'm full of admiration for Giancarlo Italiano, their coach, who uh, took over unheralded from Tale at the start of the season. Uh, and we've got him on the global game tonight. So hopefully we'll get a bit more insight as, uh, as to how he's done it. Melbourne City, the surprise for you, given how low well, I think they're seventh and won what, one of their last three, I think. Um, a little bit, but you know they've had a big turnover of players, and of course they, you know, they sat their coach after a couple of games as well. Rather Vidasic, uh, replacing with Aurelio Bidmar, they've lost a lot of talent. The likes of Geordie Boss and uh, Tom Glover. Um, they've had injuries to Matt Leckie, to Andrew Naboot. So it's it's been an adjustment process, and this happens sometimes because of a salary cap league you're going to lose a lot of your top talents, uh, particularly when you're doing well. So they've come back to the pack. Uh, there's still a chance to make the finals, obviously, because we've got a top six final system. But, uh, yeah, I think it was probably always going to be the case that they were going to come back to the pack. Although, interestingly, you know, the Central Coast Mariners have had a similar scenario play out. They lost their coach. They lost half a team on the back of winning the title last year. And they're in second. So 
it can be done, um, but uh, you know it relies on a lot of things going your way, uh, including your recruitment. And um, yeah, City just ha- haven't quite been the same as they were last season. That's for sure. And Tarnit, not sure if you've driven past Tarnit, but it looks like Western United are going to have a nice home there. It's a massive growing area. Yeah, look, it's a start. Um, I'm glad that they've got that training ground finished. Um, that, that's the first part of the jigsaw. Now, uh, it shouldn't be the end point. It should just be the beginning because, of course, they promised to build a 15,000 all-seater uh, football-specific stadium, which the game desperately needs, not just Western United. Um, but this is uh, the first building block, if you like, and uh, it'll be good to see them back playing in the region that they represent. It's, it's been a travelling circus, really, for the last three or four years. Uh, not good for the league, certainly not good for Western United. Now they can put down some roots and, and hopefully start to grow their fan base, which uh, is still, at the moment at least, uh, way too small. Yeah, it's one of Melbourne's big stories out of the A-League uh, this last week and a bit, but the big story in WA, obviously, Perth Glory finding new owners, including a couple of legends. Yeah, Mark Bresciano and, uh, and Vince Grella are part of the consortium that is led by Ross Pelligra uh, that has taken over the famous old club. Very successful, of course, in the days of the old National Soccer League, a little bit less so in the A-League, uh, but a club with huge potential. Um, and he's said all the right things so far. I, I saw a quote from him yesterday saying this is the club that belongs to all of WA. We want the fans to be you know, owners of the club. Um, and I think some of the other owners should remember that. They're only there on loan, really, uh, even though they own a club. It's, it's a community asset, and the fans should be put first. So, obviously, that's got to be backed up with actions, not just words. But, um, yeah, it's, it's great that that's been resolved. Uh, it's been a headache for uh, the APL, the umbrella group that's, uh, that runs the game. Uh, now they've just got to get Newcastle Jets off their hands, hopefully find new owners for uh, this new franchise in Canberra, and uh, we'll have a 14-team league next season, which would be very nice. And we can't let you go without a quick uh, word on, well, not just the EPL, but the Matildas as well. Just another sold-out game coming up for the Matildas. Yeah, it's a pity it's an AFL stadium, but that's my own personal view. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, where you're about three million miles away from the pitch. But, uh, yeah, look, you know, they continue to be uh, one of the headline acts, um, not just in football in this country, but in any sport. So... This is a big game for them. Uh, the first leg is in Uzbekistan, in Tashkent, uh, a few days prior to this game in, in Melbourne. Uh, and I'm sure they'll get the job done and, and qualify for the Paris Olympics. No Sam Kerr, of course. She's not probably not going to make the Olympics because of injury. Uh, but there's still plenty of other players to get excited about. And, uh, you know, they should be good enough to get the job done against Uzbekistan. And one of ours, Andy Mars, sent the cat amongst the pigeons with uh, a claim that Ange's management has been sounded out by Liverpool. I think is, I want to get the wording right, but I think that's roughly what he said. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think Xabi Alonso is, is the favourite for that job, and probably understandably so. He's, he's doing a terrific job with Bayer Leverkusen in Germany. They're, they're five points clear of Bayern Munich in that competition. And, of course, he, he knows Liverpool back to front because he played there. Um, so I think he'd be the front runner. But uh, if, for whatever reason... You know, that was to fall through. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Ange would be their next choice because boyhood Liverpool fan uh, used to have posters of uh, Kevin Keegan and John Toshak, etc. on his wall when he was growing up in Melbourne. So, you know, I, th- I think if Liverpool came calling, that would be an interesting uh, choice for Ange because he's only just really started his job at Tottenham, which is a big club in its own right. Uh, but would he be tempted by, uh, you know, the romance of, of of going to a club that he loves so much, it's uh, it's fascinating.
I don't know, your heart says Man City and you've got full faith in Man City, but there's a couple of teams above you on the ladder at the moment. Uh, what's your head saying, Man City, Arsenal or Liverpool? Well, City have got a game in hand that we play tonight against Brentford. So if we win that one at the Etihad, then the gap is one point uh, and we will go back into second. Um, Liverpool are going to be you know, considered the favourites at the moment because they've got the points on the board. Uh, there's a big clash coming up on the 10th of March at Anfield, Liverpool against Man City. I'm not saying that's going to decide it, but uh, might go a long way to doing so. And at the bottom end, uh, you're a little bit, who are you worried about most? I mean, Burnley, Sheffield United, there's a few playing for their lives, including Everton still. Yeah, well, Everton, have, uh, of course, uh, had this 10-point deduction, and it's possible they could get another 10-point deduction because they're in in strife again over the uh, the financial fair play rules in the Premier League. If they, if they get another deduction, that could be the, uh, the death knell for Everton. And they've been in the top flight of English football, I think, since the 1950s. So that would be a huge uh, shock that would reverberate around the game in England. I think Sheffield United, no disrespect to them, and Burnley uh, are probably nailed on to go down. They just concede way too many goals. Uh, again, same day, 10th of March. Uh, Sheffield United against Burnley at Bramall Lane. That will probably be uh, a decider for one of those two clubs. So, uh, yeah, there's a bit to go yet, but I think Sheffield United, Burnley and one other. And what else can we hear tonight? Global game tonight, 8pm across the SEN network. Simon Hill as the host. You can uh, download the podcast anytime, of course, but you can listen to it live tonight. Yeah, well, as I say, we've got Giancarlo Italiano coming on uh, to talk about Wellington Phoenix. Uh, we'll be doing uh, a bit of a chat about the state of the game. Uh, not a very in-depth chat, but uh, you know, certainly a lot's happened since I last hosted the show. I've been away at the Asian Cup, so we'll, uh, we'll have a bit of a conversation about all the things that have happened in the meantime. And um, We've got all our usual Spencer Pryor talking Premier League, Paul Williams, Football Asia, and Alicia Carnavas will be looking ahead to the Matildas against Uzbekistan. So uh, a busy show again tonight. Any blue card talk? Is that going to happen or not? Uh, we get calls to this show quite often. Uh, AFL bosses leave the damn game alone. Do you get the similar calls with your sport when they throw up ideas like a send-off rule? Well, I'd like a send-off rule, a, 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 a sin bin rule. Right? It's everybody's sport. It's same, yeah. same as AFL. Um, but, yeah, look, you know, I, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like uh, the constant tinkering with the rules. Uh, I'm no fan of VAR. Uh, and this blue card suggestion is it's going to be trialled at, at, at lower league levels in some of the you know, lesser competitions. Um, I personally, I'm not a fan. Uh, I leave even more confusion. And, uh, you know, we'll have VAR getting involved in blue cards at, at, at some point, which will slow the game down even further. We're going to get to the point where a game of football goes on for about four hours. Um, I don't think it's a positive development, but... Uh, yeah, this is the modern era, unfortunately. Uh, when you have cameras everywhere, fans demand perfection. And the problem is you can't have it because it's a human game. And there are always going to be mistakes made and differences of opinion. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised at some point if FIFA introduce it by their lawmaking body, IFAB, because they seem to like to tinker with what is the best game in the world. I can't fathom it, to be honest. Uh, nice editorial to end it, Simon. Good to have you. Always good to have you. We'll be listening to tonight. No editorial, just fact. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, thanks for letting me rattle your cage early. Simon Hill, host of the Global Game, 8pm tonight. We're back to wrap it all up after the break on Dwayne's World. Thanks for joining me on Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. We're back with Midday Madness tomorrow. So thanks for joining me today. We've run out of time today. So big apologies 
from me for uh, running so late in time, but it was good to have a chat to Simon Hill. Time to celebrate some lives. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals for the tobinbrothersfunerals.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Happy birthday to NBA legend Charles Barkley, who turns 61. Uh, Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. And this show is driven by Werribee Kia. Team's going to look after you down there like your the family of David and Janan and Aid and Jim and the whole team. We'd love to see you. Visit Werribee Kia. You'll find the incredible EV9. It's now available. Book your test drive plus a swag of brand new 2024 Kia's on offer at tremendous driveway prices, including the 2024 new Picanto from 19990, the 2024 Sorrento from $53,990. Talk to the team about their finance offers, top dollar trade-ins, over 300 late model used cars in stock. Werribee Kia, Old Geelong Road, Hoppers Crossing, and be sure to check out that EV9 for a test drive, all their electric vehicles for a test drive werribeekia.com.au, LMCT114. It's all there on the podcast. You can download Dwayne's World and have a listen to the whole show anytime or have a listen back to the chats that we've had on the show, like our chat with Simon Hill, which I enjoyed immensely. Today, might talk about a few things that came from it tomorrow. And I'll catch you tomorrow at midday. Stick around. Andy and Gazy next.